Welcome to Blake Christmas. I am Sean Dillon, your host. Today we have Angel Eyes by Philip Andrew Bennett Lowe, a Chinese-American playwright and poet, storyteller and mime, theater critic, and libertarian activist. Here he brings us a dark and irreverent reworking of one of Christianity's central tales with wildly different outcomes. Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Queen of Heaven, cause of mankind's joy, frowned. Something's wrong. Oi, you got that right. She tilted her head to look upon Simon Peter, the rock upon which he would build his church. The beloved apostle belched uncomfortably and averted his eyes. Sorry, too many milk and cookies at the Last Supper, and, and I'm Jewish, okay? I got a thing with the lactose. She continued to stare, and he shifted his weight. What? They were kosher, I checked. I wasn't worried. She shook her head, and this, all of this, terrible as it is, this is not what I was referring to. She raised her eyes to the figure on the cross. There's something wrong with him. She couldn't quite make out his features, silhouetted as he was by the setting sun. But she could see him in outline, witness the wood bending beneath his massive bulk. His pale, flabby skin stood in sharp contrast to that of the surrounding Jews, and his generous gut sagged down to his kneecaps, rendering the slender loincloth mercifully unnecessary. Her eyes narrowed. That is not the boy I raised. Peter shifted uncomfortably. You know, I know that the boss had lots of followers from lots of strange places, but I don't recognize most of the folks here. Mary followed his gaze. Yes, there were several of her son's mourning followers, along with steel-faced Roman soldiers. But scattered among them were squat, hooded figures. Followers who did not wish to be recognized. Hiding their faces from the Romans or the other Jews, she shook her head sadly. One could be as dangerous as the other for many of them. The wood of the cross creaked and groaned, and the soldiers eyed each other with some alarm, wondering whether the carpenters had perhaps exercised insufficient caution in the measurements they had provided. But it was nothing more than the tormented figure heaving himself up, pulling one final breath into his lungs, which was exhaled in a single word, Tetelestai, and the figure sagged downwards once more. For a moment all was still, silent still as death. At her side Peter wept openly, but Mary stood unmoving, unmoved, too bewildered to grieve. So it was she who had her head raised. She who was looking into the face of the man who was not her son. And consequently it was she and she alone who saw his eyes snap open and his head arch back. But it was all of them who heard his defiant cry, Now! 
and dozens of tiny hands reached up and cast back dozens of tiny hoods. The robes fell away, revealing a motley of brightly colored dwarfish creatures perched atop one another's shoulders, brandishing outlandish tubes of a shiny substance none present had ever seen before. With preternatural speed and precision, they were trained upon the wild-eyed Romans, and after a few frantic Pumping motions, streams of fluid arced through the air toward them. Wherever they landed, upon flesh or armor, steam burst forth, and the soldiers screamed in agony. <laughs> Many of them were seasoned, having put down rebellions throughout the Empire, but all of their training and experience failed them in the face of elves wielding super soakers. Super soakers filled with battery acid. The crucified figure had not been idle. A series of elaborate twists activated a cunning mechanism. The base of the cross blew apart, revealing a winding metal spring at the base. At the same time, there was a whir of machinery, a grinding sound of metal against metal, and a series of spindly steel tubes emerged from the head and arms of the cross. And as the jolly old elf grunted and arched his back, the giant laser-mounted pogo stick heaved into the air, leaving in its wake waves of devastation and a merry, menacing cry of HO! 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 In a few moments, Golgotha was nearly deserted, except for a few figures strewn across the landscape, still or Nearly still, some corpses charred beyond recognition, and some survivors huddled, clinging to the earth. One figure alone stood, Mary, star of the sea, who looked at the wreckage surrounding her and frowned. No, this isn't right at all. And order anything you see. To say that Hoshmal was deep into his cups would be something akin to saying that Paradise Lost was about a war in heaven. Y technically correct, but profoundly missing the point. In any case, this is the precise state in which he was found when Duma frenziedly entered his presence. What in the name of the various entities I'm not supposed to name do you think you're doing? Frank Sinatra! Can't you tell? I, I know I've auditioned for the Angelic Choir thrice, but I didn't think I was that terrible an impressionist. He piped up once more. Try to think that love's not around. Still it's uncomfortably near. He attempted to drink while singing and failed. Once his esophagus and trachea had sorted themselves out, he continued. Great song. Great, great singer. Great, great. Oh, 
damn shame he won't be born for nearly 2,000 years. Okay, that, 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 that is music. Alright, I tell you what. I mean, you know, not like a... What, a, a klezmer? What the hell is that, I ask you? Rhetorically, he amended before continuing to imbibe. You're drunk. <laughs> you're discerning. What do you think you're doing? There's no alcohol here. That's okay, murmured Hoshmal, uncorking another flask. I brought my own. Do you have the faintest idea what's going on? Course I do. Our foe savior has declined to pay the wages of sin. Regardless, the moon has shifted between the earth and the sun, shrouding the former in hideous darkness. The veil of the Temple of Solomon has been torn from top to bottom. The graves have opened, neatly placing our imposter in command of his own personal Yuletide zombie army. Have I effectively articulated our what has gone before? Duma shook his head in dismay. Yes, but you must be a lunatic to face the ramifications of this drunk. I propose an alternative hypothesis. I would be a lunatic to face the ramifications of this sober. Duma opened his mouth, then closed his mouth, then sat down and reached out to the flask to find a better use for his mouth. So, that's it then? We just resign ourselves to obliteration? Oh, Duma, Hoshmal exclaimed, shaking his head. It's hardly that simple. You haven't drunk nearly enough to grasp the truths I've been teetering perilously on the edge of. I haven't? On the contrary, my dear Celestial. In we know Veritas, says whichever Caesar currently flaunting the laurel wreath might assert. Wine grants vision, and vision grants clarity. And the horror of clarity must be dulled by further wine. I believe the mortals refer to it as a delicious circle. Uh, vicious, if I may be so bold. You may, slurred Hoshmal, if only because I have no inclination to prevent it. But think, think, you can hear Hoshmal leaned forward, intense with intent, barely acknowledging the discarded glasses which his wingtips knocked to the ground. Think, think, if you can, if you, if you, if you have yet achieved my perfect balance of lucidity and obscurity to consider the mystery of time as only we who exist outside of it can articulate such considerations. I am listening, insofar as a being who spurns causality can listen and comprehend. Yeah, now now you're getting it, Hoshmal cackled. You see, you see, you see. The only chronological and mythological and ontological result that can result from this is that you and I will never see the Elysian Fields again. Barred from the presence of heaven, the only course of action available to us is to create the closest thing to heaven that we can, bound to this mortal coil. Bound as we are, all we have available to us is a single moment. The present moment. And as such, the closest thing to heaven that we may access is through the alchemical combination of two elements. The first I have before me, ethanol.
as the principal psychoactive element within an alcoholic beverage that, alas, is the only element I can control, but like the alchemist to come, the necessary reaction can only come about through a combination of elements, and for the second, companionship, I am dependent upon you. Are you prepared to contribute to my alchemical experiment? Duma hesitated. A moment's pleasure seems meager recompense for expulsion from paradise. Ah, ah, grunted Hashmal. Ah, ah, but that, that, that is where you are in error. For, for such beings as us, for whom time is a phenomenon to be observed, not served, a single moment is of absolutely present, indeed omnipresent, importance. Even as he said this, the sky began to darken, and as the Ophanim gazed toward heaven, a dozen, no, dozens of dozens of eyes peered through the clouds back at them. Hoshmal raised his voice in a trembling alto. Pardon me, but I gotta run. The facts uncommonly clear. And as the clouds gathered, a distant rumble of thunder grew less distant, and from the heart of the disquietude emerged a voice. Gentlemen, the boss would like a word with you. And all of Hoshmal's dozens of eyes were closed, and his angelic lips parted to articulate, Excuse me well I dis The Dead North Podcast and Blight Christmas are a production of Oncoming Productions with assistance from Hot Chocolate Media. I have been your host, Sean Dillon, and intro and outro music are by Eric Ostrom. The copyrights for all pieces are held by their creators. If you would like to support the artists who've created this work, we'd love your support. There's a link to our PayPal fund in the show notes. We all wish you a very happy holiday season with just enough chills to make you appreciate the warmth of home, friends, and family. Stay safe out there.